Welcome to the Mental Mastery Golf Podcast by Dare to Dream, the show dedicated to fun, practical mental performance strategies for your golf game. Join mental performance coach Jamie Glazier and co-host Ross Flanagan as they discuss how to manage your mind in one of the craziest sports there is. Well, hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of the Mental Mastery Golf Podcast. Roscoe here, your co-host, and shortly I'll introduce uh, our guest today, one of which is, of course, Jamie Glazier. But firstly, thank you, as always, for joining us. We do appreciate all of your time that you give to listening and helping us understand what you want here at the Mental Mastery Golf Podcast, so we appreciate that. A little bit of housekeeping, running full steam ahead, our recently reduced, uh, reduced, released course uh, is going really well, and if you want to participate in one of those courses, there is a link for all of our listeners in the show notes and it offers you some additional value. So we just put that in there and we're going to leave that there for you to say thank you for joining us at the Insight Golf Academy or joining Jamie at the Insight Golf Academy. It is the way, if you value what we talk about on the podcast, and I'm sure you do, it is a way of you getting some of that information in a learning environment and really putting that into place in your own environment, in your golf game to help you build an unbreakable mental game. So just a bit of housekeeping there. Today's episode, it's a, we have a guest, JD Hughes. Now, if that name is familiar, yes, we've had JD on the podcast before. And it was at a time when he was uh, applying his trade in the qualifying school. He was in the States there with Jamie side by side. We had them on the podcast and we learnt what, the guys were experiencing right then. Now, a lot's changed since then. A lot's changed in the world, as we know. A lot's changed for JD, as we know. And he's coming back to golf. And today is about sharing that story and really unpacking what happened since the last podcast where we spoke to JD and Jamie together and what's happened today. I've just come back to golf myself yesterday, and I know after a layoff, you know, you can see if you're watching the video here, red face, I got sunburnt, and that's the worst thing that happened to me. But JD's got a lot. <laughs> JD's got a lot more to unpack and a lot more value from a from a mental mastery perspective. So, JD, welcome back to the podcast. How are you? Thank you. Good. Good. Ross, how are you? Thank very, you for having me on, mate. Very good to see you again. And Jamie up there in Queensland, how are you, mate? Yeah, I'm uh, very well, Roscoe. Um, really looking forward to this uh, this episode. JD has been through. I'm not quite sure what word to to describe it other than just a torturous eight months and uh, the resilience he's shown has been phenomenal and I can't wait to to pick his brain around uh, some of the things that have occurred the last eight months and especially the last couple of weeks, which has been an exciting time for for JD and his his team and uh, his family. Um, So as you mentioned, we, uh, we did chat. Back in March when JD and I were at, uh, at Q School, uh, Canadian Q School, I think it was, wasn't it, JD? Yep, Canadian Q School in, in Alabama. Yeah, so, um, yeah, we were just uh, one of the earlier episodes of the podcast and JD was talking about his preparation for tour school. We were actually, we did the episode from the hotel room uh, the week in Alabama. So, um, yeah, so, JD, maybe we'll get you to explain since that podcast, the 24, 48 hours after that episode, uh, first couple of rounds of Q School, uh, talk to us about what unfolded those few days. Yeah, uh, for sure. Well, I mean, if you can recall, when we were on that previous podcast, we were discussing even injuries and adversity uh, itself originally, and we were talking about you know how I have the 
the, the thumb issue and how that was uh, bothersome. And it just so happened that, you know, I think it was the next day after the podcast or two days after, um, you know, I was playing in the, in the third round of Q school and had a, had a shot where I got slightly behind it, really turned the hands over and heard a big pop and a snap in the wrist. And I, I'm sure you probably heard it too. It was, uh, it yeah. was quite loud. And um, so I knew something was definitely wrong. And that day was, was really, really tough. Obviously I couldn't finish the hole. And um, you know, I, it was, it was overwhelming because we have really worked so hard, you know, for that, for that Q school. And um, I was in, you know, relatively good position and you know I wanted to finish out the event and the fact that we couldn't uh that was pretty uh discouraging in of itself so um but I thought I had broken something in my wrist or I felt a you know a pop in the outside part of my hand I didn't know what it was obviously so we just went to an urgent care and um there we got I got an x-ray done and the I think physician's assistant came in said it was clean and that um I would, I could play in a few weeks cause I was still scheduled to play in uh, Argentina, I believe at that time. Yeah. Uh, that was like right before the shutdown. So, um, you know, but it was, it was very, very frustrating, long drive home. Um, but I still had hope obviously that, you know, I was going to be able to play in a few weeks time. Yeah. Yeah. And look, I think it was from what we heard on that shot, like I'm standing right next to you and the way, the, the sound that it made and then your instant reaction to holding your arm and, and almost like it was broken, um, the pain you were in, uh, I was like this something broken for sure. And then when we got the x-rays back and then it was clean and it was no breaks and, and it looked all good, we're like, Phew. you know, lucky. It might, right. it might have just been a tendon of sorts or just something went and uh, – so that was good. Um, and I think over the next few weeks, you, you, you sort of, you were getting some positive feedback, but not a lot of positive outcomes with how it felt and how it was reacting to hitting golf balls. So talk to us a little bit about what you went through those, those following few months. Well, it was obviously a unique situation because everything was uh, shut down, all the sporting events. So I had that time. I was allotted that time. Um, to really, uh, you know, give it uh, every option I had. So, I mean, I knew something was up because every time, like, remember, if you can remember whenever I would rotate that hand, I would feel a pop and a click. I just, I didn't know what was going on. It just didn't seem like a sprain, you know, which was the original, like, you know, diagnosis that was given to us. So, uh, you know, we gave uh, a few chiropractors uh, a chance maybe to, you know, try and calm down the nerve and, um and then eventually, you know, after a month or so, um, I just wasn't getting any results. Uh, you know, I could do day-to-day activities, but as far as, you know, putting and chipping and hitting balls, you know, I, I still would get that popping in my wrist. And it would almost be like a structural change is what it felt like. And uh, it was very, very frustrating, obviously. Um, so I thought, all right, I'll go see a specialist. Went and saw uh, two of them uh, in, the, I think, three months you know, post injury. And they both said, uh, it was tendonitis and they gave me an injection. Uh, I think the other one, uh, said, well, we can have surgery and open you up and look around, but I don't, I, you know, I, I don't know for sure what it is. The problem was they couldn't reproduce the pain 
um, that I had on the golf course clinically, you know, they could touch me all they wanted and, and, uh, you know, feel the wrist and I, I wouldn't really give them much feedback. So that was initially in the first few months, that was the most frustrating part of it is I just, I didn't, I didn't know what was going on. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I remember that time where every time you would see, have an appointment with a specialist, that hope was there of they're going to have the answer. They're going to help me get back on track. And then, another just another roadblock where you know you go out there and nothing changed so um and that went on for what do you think Quite five? A, yeah went, that went on from march until until august so yeah, yeah you know mid-august so it was about it was about five months and yeah. uh you know towards the end of that time span i was you know getting pretty desperate you know it was just um, I was just way out of my element and it, it was just very, um, discouraging to, to see one appointment kind of, uh, you know, after another, just result to nothing. And I was kind of just back in back in square one. And, um, you know, there was definitely a, a few really, um, yeah, I would say, I wouldn't say low points, but it was, I started to question whether or not this thing would ever get better. And that's, that's a really, uh, you know, empty feeling there for, uh, for a while, you know, you just don't, you just don't know what the outcome was going to be. You know, no one really seemed to know, uh, what it was. Yeah. And I'd definitely say, as we could all understand anyone listening to this and hearing what JD had to go through, low points were definitely part of your experience and, and, and everyone would experience a low point, especially because you've worked towards this, goal and the start of your journey as a professional golfer and then all of a sudden to have a severe injury that no one knew an answer an answer for um the doubt about your career can can start to flash in front of you so what were some of the things that you did during that time that helped you to actually stay somewhat motivated or somewhat you know looking after your mental health and and well-being what was the, what was the plan there Right. So, I mean, when this all happened, you know, I'm so, uh, you know, without golf, being able to play golf, I had to find another way to try and still get better. Uh, I just, I needed that for my sanity, you know, so I basically latch on to anything that I could to really uh, um, just try and forward uh, myself, uh, you know, either mentally, uh, physically. The good thing about the injury was I could still, you know, work out and, and train. I could lift weights and I didn't have any issue. It was really just um, the speed of, of hitting a golf shot is, is really what triggered this injury. So um, I was very, very thankful for that. Uh, but I think what I was uh, most encouraged about during that time was I know we had really just started getting into, um, you know, meditation, visualization, uh, reading, uh, just doing things to really try and feed my mind and, and strengthen it in any way that I could. And uh, so I really just took that and ran with it and said, well, you know, if I can't work on my game physically, you know, I'll, I'll do anything I can in any other area of my life to try and, and uh, you know, make myself uh, a better player or a better person. Yeah, I think, when we started to put that program together of that visualization, the meditation, journal writing. Um, that one, another one, big one for yeah, sure. 
Yeah, like to see the way you stepped into that, committed to it, like completely and wholeheartedly was, um, it made me so proud because I knew during such a difficult time that drive and motivation to get better was still there and, um, you know, the reading of books just to help you to, to quieten your mind and all that sort of stuff, um, switch off, uh, you really committed to that as well and there was just the benefit of that was so great. Um, but, again, the strength of character that you showed and the discipline you showed to be able to, to commit to that was, was phenomenal, which is, is rare. You know, not a lot of people would have been able to do that. Right. Well, I, I appreciate that. I, I really do. Obviously, you, you were right next to me that entire journey, and it was, uh, you know, it was definitely tough. But at the same time, like I had, you know, in my viewpoint, like I had no choice. You know, I can't just sit and lose all that time, you know, for nothing. It, it just, it just didn't make sense to me. So that was, you know, while it was very dejecting that I couldn't play, that was another motivating factor. It was like, all right, well, this is your chance to really get ahead of the game in all these other areas and yeah. just try and make the absolute best out of the situation until, until it's resolved. And I kind of just fell in love with that process. It was just, um, yeah. it was just, it was a blessing in disguise. I just, I really, uh, I really enjoyed um, doing all those things. It wasn't something that I um, felt as an obligation. I just continued to build on it every single day. And it was a lot of fun. Yeah. It's really interesting. Cause I, I just looked at it. Then I shared a Instagram story this morning and it was from Joe Rogan who said the most fascinating lesson I've learned about life is that the struggle is good. And for you, the struggle this year, I think, is, has developed you in so many ways but has given you a really great outlook from a perspective point of view, from a gratitude point of view, which I know the last two weeks, you know, gratitude is something that has just taken over you um, because of, you know, the, the position that you're in now and you're able to go back and hit some golf balls and and you experienced playing holes for the first time yesterday and, and all that sort of stuff. Um, but I think, you know, for me, being able to really commit to the mental game the way you have this year, um, talk to me about the impact that that's had on you as a person, just being able to step into, into those mental processes what did that do for you? All those little little processes that we put together. It it over anything. It really um, gave me peace of mind to start. Like that was something that um, you know, as a, when you're playing like pro golf or you're trying to play pro golf, uh, sometimes you're you know you just the wheels get turning and you just go 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 go, and it, it can be uh, you know a little it can be a lot, you know, on your plate at one time. And sometimes that becomes, you know, a bit overwhelming and you don't really have a, a chance to sit back and uh, uh, just reflect on your experiences and, um, you know, uh, what, how fortunate you are uh, and how fortunate I am. What I love the most about committing to this is that it gave me a chance each day to, like I said, reflect on just, 
you know, how, um, how lucky I am to be able to, to chase my dream on a daily basis. Um, and that just, that really gave me, uh, you know, a source of happiness. Like I was just, um, I was, I was very, uh, uh, you know, grateful that I was able to experience those last, you know, those, those last eight months, um, because it just really, uh, gave me a chance to, um, be the best version of myself. And I love doing that. And, and that was in the face of having a debilitating injury, not being able to compete and play golf, um, but also have no clarity or security around getting on top of the injury and getting back to golf. You still had that mindset, that outlook on life, even during that time. Right. Yeah. And it, and it, it really changed the, my perspective on, on golf and, really on, on my life. Uh, you just don't really realize how, uh, amazing, um, playing professional golf can be. It's, it's so tough, but it's, it's, it's really, um, a great journey and it's a great experience. It was so funny the other day when I, you know, was hitting drivers for the first time, like I'm standing there, like it's a beautiful sunny day and I'm just overwhelmed with joy. And there's like, you know, an older gentleman that was right next to me on the range hitting driver. And it's just, not liking the way he's hitting it and he's slamming his club, you know, and I'm just like, yeah. dude, man, this is just, just be happy that you're, that you're hitting it. You know, this yeah. is, uh, yeah. it was just, it was funny that, you know, that, that kind of, that timing was, was like that, but, um, yeah, we, it's yeah. Just, we spoke a lot about that timing of it too, with the injury and then with COVID, like you had your, your card on the Latin America tour which if COVID didn't come along, you have this injury, you lose your status, you might get some right. medical exemptions next year, but probably not much. Yeah, um, for sure. So all of a sudden COVID kicks in, the season gets cancelled, we restart in December, and it's just like your timing to have an injury like this could not have been better in the last 50 years of, of professional golf. Right? <laughs> it's so true. It's very true. You know what I mean? And we spoke a lot about that early on and then that, that helped to shift that mindset a little bit around poor me, poor me into, okay, well, I've got this debilitating injury, but my God, I'm, I'm so lucky I've got some time to find answers and get it better. So, um, which was, which was really good. So, um, so let's fast forward a little bit to, to, to finding the solution. How, how the hell did we come across the solution for this, for this injury? Yeah. So, well, uh, thankful to you, you know, you reached out, uh, and, you know, w was able to, uh, find me a name of, uh, a surgeon, uh, that specialized in this ECU tendon, which is what we suspected, you know, was the culprit. We just didn't know why it was acting the way it was or why it was popping out of place or, or whatever. So, yeah. um, and we had, we had known about, uh, this woman in New York city for uh, like two months, but you know, it was like, it was like, you know, 800 bucks for a virtual consult, you know? So, and, and I couldn't go to New York because of COVID and I would have had a quarantine. So it was like a last resort type of deal. So eventually I, like I said, I was desperate. So I, I called her and she diagnosed me in five minutes right on the phone, like yeah. through FaceTime. And she had me like scoop an ice cream. She's like, you ever done that? And I was like, nope. And as soon as I did that, it would pop out every single time. 
So she's like, yeah, you have ECU tendon uh, instability and it requires surgery. You know, we go in, build a little sling for it to sit in and it's, uh, and you'll be fine. So that was, uh, that was very, that was a relieving day just to, you know, because I didn't care at that point whether you told me I had to be out another year. I just wanted to know for sure. Okay. If I do a, B and C, I will be ready by, you know, by this time, like it just didn't matter. You had so many people that you were communicating with and were, were specialists that had no idea. Yeah. No idea. That's, that was the most alarming thing about it was that she said it was so obvious. It was such a slam dunk case. Yeah. And, um, you know, just no one, no one really picked up on it and I'm not really sure why. Um, but I mean, it is a rarer injury for athletes, I guess, but you know, for golfers and tennis players, I've come to learn that it's, you know, fairly common. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, yeah, it was just, it was, you just, it was about finding the right person. And, yeah. you know, I'm just very, very, you know, thankful that I did. So, so yeah. JD, when, when you came off that Zoom call and, you know, you'd forked out your 800 bucks or whatever it was, but you knew that you had a solution or a potential solution and the road and a roadmap forward. What was that like? You know, when you put the, Oh, I was ecstatic. I was like, I was fist pumping. I was like, all right, like, let's do this. That's, it just gave me something to, you know, to, to latch onto and say, all right, this is the light at the end of the tunnel. It's, it's still, you know, fairly small, but it's there. So uh, that was the best part about it. And, and she was Dr. Michelle Carlson is her name. And she was so uh, confident and comfortable with uh, our conversation. And she just made me feel uh, that sense of security that I needed to be like, okay, like she, this woman can, can help me for sure. And this, this is the way I need to go. Now then after that, you know, so you obviously had the, some great trust in, in her and, uh, and what she had told you to do, but I don't imagine that she was the one performing the surgery. Is that correct? She, she was, yeah. She did. She okay, great. Okay. Yeah, so, she so was you the one performing the surgery. So yeah. you end up going up to New York and, and yeah. Okay. So, uh, cause I was going to think that you would have had some trust issues around some of these other, if she, if she wasn't the one doing the surgery, you might've had some trust issues there. So no, um, yeah, she was definitely the one she, there, there was no way, uh, yeah, that, that would have been, that definitely would have been a little tough, but I, I trusted her right away. Yeah. And it's just, she's so, so I good remember, at what she does. I remember that phone call to JD, literally, you know, when you got out of that con- consultation with her, you gave me a call and I was so used to you seeing a specialist and giving me a call going, this guy was like a deer in the headlights. He had no idea what he was talking about. Like, <laughs> I know, I know. The, the, the amount of times you said that and then you came out of this one and you you're like, we have it. We've got it. She knows what she's doing. I could not have been more confident with we we have a solution. And you know, she was recommended um, to me by Adam Scott, uh, and she operated on Luke Donald years ago. So she was, you know, when we talk about a specialist versus an expert, she was an expert at the highest right. level in the industry of golf and the industry with wrist injuries. And Scotty said to me, he's like, I know Luke had this, uh, had this surgeon who specialized in wrist injuries. He was out for a while. She fixed him up and, and now he's back hundred percent. So I'll reach out to Luke, get the contact details. And I was just like, 
like, and again, pretty chance. Like he came over to Herbie's place to do some uh, lofts and lies on Herbie's machine. And if that day didn't, if that day, and I just asked him out of the blue, I'm like, do you know anyone in the US that might specialize in this? So it was a. Well, that's was, amazing. I didn't, I didn't know that part. That is quite, quite it amazing. Just a, it was just a thought come up as, as Scotty was there just changing his lofts and lies. And I'm like, maybe he might know. Cause I knew at that point we were at our, the end of our sort of, solutions for trying to find uh the way forward we were really headbutting a brick wall and um so yeah so you know i certainly got to thank scotty for for you know one taking the time and effort to think about who a solution was but then actually going to get that number and throw it back to us so um yeah so that was pretty cool um yeah very much so if you ever see him again please tell him that i said thank you (laughs) so much Yeah. We'll do for sure. But um, no, it's great. So so let's fast forward again through surgery. Surgery went really well. Your rehab went really well. You've been working with some physical therapists in, in, in Florida, a couple of ladies that, that beat you up a couple of times a day. Um, yeah. Yeah. Talk to us about that journey with them. And then um, when they just basically forced you to go and hit some golf balls, Right. Yeah. These, they're, uh, they're soft tissue therapists. And I just happened to, again, you know, just kind of perfect timing. I found out about them through a, a member here that knew I was still struggling with the wrist. And he said, I'm telling you, they really, uh, you know, they really expedite, you know, uh, recovery. So I, I went to them and I was also, you know, a little tight in my hips and I was like, all right, well, you know, even if they don't have a solution for this, it's not the worst idea. And so I've been going to them, you know, for all my deficiencies, my body deficiencies, but after surgery, they were, I would say aggressive is the, is the word. They were aggressive with the, the, the rehab portion of it. And, uh, you know, they, they really worked hard on getting the scar tissue out and all that fascia, you know, to, to speed up the healing. And every time I would FaceTime with the surgeon every two weeks and she was like, you're way ahead of the game, you're way ahead of the game. And I know that they played a huge role in that, but it, the only issue was there was like a disconnect because the surgeon, I would talk to her on FaceTime and then I would go and relay what she cleared me to do. Um, but you know, she never got to physically put her hands on me. So she was just going by the book and the therapists were like, no, no, you're ready. You're ready. You're ready. You can do this, that. And the third, they were having me doing, you know, wrist curls and all, you know, different weight training stuff that my surgeon hadn't necessarily cleared me for yet. So one weekend, I think it was a Friday, they just said, you're, you're ready to hit balls. They did a quick assessment on my wrist and they're like, you're ready to go hit balls. So we, we went to a, uh, you know, a, a range that was right by, uh, because Nona was closed for that week. It was right by their office and they taped me up and they said, go for it. And I hit up to a four iron. I mean, I hit probably, you know, 40, 50 balls and I had no pain whatsoever. And it was just amazing. And that was, you know, I, I just couldn't believe that that was happening. It was, uh, it was quite overwhelming to say the least. Um, 
Yes, overwhelming. I think, again, that phone call that you, uh, even now I'm, I'm getting emotional because of the fact that when you rang me and talked about it, we were both just speechless about, you know, the journey that you've been on and the fact that you now have been hitting golf balls and, um, like, I didn't realise it at the time, but I was holding a lot of tension in myself around your journey the past six, eight months because it meant it meant so much to us and, you know, to have a solution and, and, and have the, the, the therapist there helping and then to get to the stage where, we do have a result. It was like, this is actually the solution. And because now you can hit golf balls and it was like, we hadn't had that, that final step into playing golf or hitting golf balls. So um, that was one of the coolest days that I can recall in my professional career. Well, um, that's, that's amazing to hear that. It really yeah. is. I, and I know you, um, you know, you, we're very uh, vocal about that that day. That was an amazing day. I'd, when I was on the range, I just, I couldn't even keep it together. And I'm like halfway through the bag, you know, it's just, uh, it was really, uh, that, that was the, I would say the first time where my perspective um, and my appreciation for, you know, just what I was for golf and, you know, what I've been doing all my life had just completely changed. And it just, it, it'll be a day that I obviously never, ever forget. And I just remember sitting in the car with Justina, the one therapist who went out there with me. And, you know, we just sat there for, you know, a half hour and I just couldn't, you know, I just cried and cried and cried. I couldn't even drive. I was sitting in the driving seat or the driver's seat. I'm like, Oh my gosh, you know, I gotta, I gotta get myself together. But it was, it was just so cool for me because it was like finally eight months down the road, or seven and a half months down the road, you know, I have a victory. You know, I was just just constantly getting beat down by this thing. And I was like, all right, like I I actually won today. Like this was it was a it was something that I had real tangible success with, you know? Yeah. So yeah. and cool. So you've uh yeah, I mean we saw obviously DJ win the Masters the other day and he couldn't speak in his presser. Like his post-round press conference, he couldn't even speak. Like for me, that was – it's so cool to see someone like DJ get to that that point because every we, we all found how much that meant to him to win the Masters. We've seen him win God knows how many tournaments, majors, number one in the world, but – now they've obviously shown the story of how much the Masters meant to him as a kid and every part on the putting green was to hold, you know, to win the Masters and all of that and and and, and all of it to come together. It's um, It was great to see how much it meant to him and, and obviously that day for you the same. And, and even yesterday was the first day you actually got out on the golf course and played a couple of holes. Yeah, I honestly, I'd say yesterday was uh... – you know, I, I, I had hit it like up to like a three wood, you know, a few days prior. And I was like, so I, yesterday I went out and I said, all right, I'll try and just see how it goes. And I felt really good. So I was like, all right, I'll hit a few drivers on the range. And that went really, really well. So I was like, all right, you know, I'm going to go out and I'm going to play a hole or two. I had 
a little bit of time. So I went out to the 11th hole, par five, and, you know, hit a good driver and, you know, laid up short and then pitched on and, uh, and made a par. And it was honestly, you know, when I, I played 11 and then 17, which is like a little par three. And I made, you know, I just hit it to the middle of the green. But uh, when I got done, you know, doing that, it was, uh, you know, I came home and I sat down and I, I, I was like this, you know, this is the greatest accomplishment of my life so far. Like it, it was honestly better than any tournament I've ever won or that I ever played well in or um, it was the greatest accomplishment that, that I've ever, I've ever had. And it was, uh, you know, I, I'll just never, ever, ever forget sitting actually in this chair. And I was just overwhelmed with excitement and uh, just appreciation that, you know, I was able to, to beat this. It was, it was awesome. You saying that you feel like that was your greatest accomplishment um, and will probably go down as one of your greatest, um, no matter what happens moving forward, is so good for me to hear because in a situation like this, you can give so much power and emphasis to the surgeon or to your support team around you, but they, they are nobody without you. Like, you put the work in, you were so resilient. And I kept telling you from day one how proud I was of you for how strong you were and how, uh, I won't say, I won't use the word positive because you weren't always positive because there was not a lot to no. be positive about. Like, the, right. you know, that's the reality of it. But you were always, as you said, every day you were going to grow as a person, whether it be physically, mentally, um, and emotionally, no matter whether you could hit a golf ball or not. So for you to say that you were so proud and you consider it your greatest accomplishment is, is so good for me to hear because um, if you put a 1,000 people, a 100,000 people in your shoes, I can guarantee you right now, less than 2% of people end up in the same position you are right now. Yeah, so, well, I... I... I, I do appreciate that. And that's something that, uh, I was very, you know, I was just very proud of myself and I, that's not a feeling that I honestly just naturally get often. And yeah. I was, I was really, really proud of myself that, um, you know, I just, I, I stuck through it and, uh, I was really, really rewarded it for that. Like, it's a great feeling and it. And I didn't accomplish, you know, you know, materialistically, I didn't accomplish anything, but it's one of the greatest feelings um, that I could possibly think of is something as simple as just finishing one golf hole. It's like, yeah. you just, just you just don't realize how powerful that is until you go through you know, yeah. a, a journey like that. I'm sure listeners are, are probably asking themselves a question of, this guy's had a wrist injury. He's been out for eight months and he goes and plays two holes and goes par, par, like green in reg, two part, green in reg, two part. Like what did you do to be, able to, to be able to get yourself to a position where you've played one hole, you've played a hole of golf in, in eight, eight months and you feel comfortable enough to execute? What were some of the things that you might have done apart from 
you know, some of the, the practice that you've done, but just preparing yourself for that moment. Just the constant, one of the things that really resonates with me and, and that I didn't know about was that visualization piece. It's, it's something that, you know, you can say, all right, that, you know, that, that might definitely help. But then, you know, when we first put that program together, I think it was maybe two months ago and we were like, all right, you know, you're going to be, you're on, you know, on schedule to hit golf balls in eight weeks. And um, so we need to start getting those feels back and, uh, and really, uh, you know, start to um, envision yourself, uh, you know, playing golf and hitting golf balls. So I started by just, you know, visualizing myself at the range and going through my bag. And then I would go to, you know, the golf course and, you know, visualize myself getting in the cart and driving to the next shot and just stuff like that. And then when I got on the tee box the other day or yesterday, all that just, it made me familiar. And I've taken, I've had breaks or, you know, taken time off of golf for weeks or a week and I'd come back and it would, everything would be so foreign because yeah, you know, there just wasn't anything put into it. You just kind of left and came back and, 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 you know, that probably came back very quickly, but it never felt so uh, normal for me to be on a course as it did yesterday. And the first time that I hit golf balls on the range with, with Justina. Yeah. So, and that's what it really proved to me like, okay, like this, like I really feel the benefits from that. So that's, it's just more motivation to keep, keep going. I'm like, well, if it works in full swing, it can work in every other area. Yeah. So that's why I just, I love it so much because it's, it's shown its true benefits uh, to me. And it's amazing how often I'll work with someone who's been backed into a corner and then they have to commit to visualization because of an injury and that's the only thing they can latch onto. But that's when they really do see the benefit and the power in it because they do completely commit to it. So it's, it's so great to be able to see you go back to hit balls and actually start to see yourself hitting the ball really nicely, get on the golf course, feel comfortable, execute you know, really nicely. And more importantly for me, the reason was – we don't have a huge amount of time up our sleeve before you play your first tour. Right. Right. So yeah. That was another yeah. factor yeah. for sure. It just it yeah. just was. And if this wouldn't have happened, I mean, you know, there's just no way I would have committed to that level. I, yeah. There's just there's just there's just no way. I mean, I'm not gonna sit here and say that as soon as you know you sh- you introduced me to visualization that I would have just been all in. I mean, it this experience truly um opened my eyes to uh to so many things including you know including that piece and it's just been it's been so wonderful i'm just so so uh thrilled you know that i that i'm able to experience that yeah so we've got uh we've got uh, a first tournament the 10th to the 13th of december whereabouts is that and that's on the latin tour isn't it yes yeah so the, the first event december 10th uh Doral in Miami so that's really nice to be honest that it's just a three-hour drive down the road and not into another country and then the week following is in the Dominican Republic yeah so um you know that's it's still not bad in comparison to where it could be yeah and uh so I'm really really looking forward to uh 
being able, especially the Miami one, you know, the first event, and that's an easy, you know, like I said, easy drive, easy travel. Um, so I just, I'm just really excited. It's good, good. So yeah, we have got uh, three weeks of continuing to uh, to put a program together. Um, obviously, next week. Now, yesterday you got out on on the on the golf course, played some holes. Next week we'll start to get out there a little bit more. We'll put some consequence consequence training in place. Uh, the following week, we'll probably get some money games and, and trying to get a full 18. Because as Roscoe said at the start, like golf fitness is is a different sort of fitness. So you've been able to get back out on the course for sure. 18 um, and, and play in that competitive environment is something that uh, that we're going to need to uh, need to build up before uh, that first event. But um, you know, as we've spoken about. We're not, we're not, we're not too concerned or attached to to the outcome on those first two events. We're just really looking forward to being able to get the opportunity to play golf again and um, just get you back in the mix and 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 start to build those foundations again, like we were uh, earlier in the year. So, yeah, yeah, that's that's something I'm so looking forward to doing. If, if anything, it's just getting back out and competing with a completely different perspective on on the game of golf. Like it's just going to be so much more fun and I know it is. And it's not like I didn't have fun before. Like I love golf, Yeah. but it's just so easy to get wrapped up in your own interests and just forget how fortunate we are just to be able to play and to compete on the professional level, no matter what, you know, professional, it's just so much fun. And you get to meet a lot of really cool, you know, people play with a lot of really nice guys. So I'm just looking forward to that aspect of it as well. Yeah, and you can probably hear in his voice too, Roscoe, that he's maybe maybe shifted a little bit from I have to play well to I would like to play well. Wouldn't it be nice if I play well? But if I don't, it's not everything. So allowing yourself that little bit of freedom to, to fail, so to speak, is certainly going to help JD be a lot freer, enjoy the moment in his first event, commit to playing well, um, and not attached to the outcome in a negative sense anywhere near as much as what he may have and, and other players do in the past. So, well, It certainly sounds to me in listening, it's been wonderful just to sit back and, and listen and as I sometimes say, just press the record button and, uh, and take it all in because, uh, you know, to hear the story between, you know, player and coach and not just from a coaching and a performance sense and, and helping someone get better at golf, but, you know, there's so much more to it that you've just described, you know, you weren't playing golf, but you're still coaching each other or Jamie, you coaching JD and JD, you were still the student, but you weren't hitting any golf balls. So um, it's a wonderful uh, story just to hear that. But, you know, now when I think about you moving forward, JD, I, I'm, I'm hearing like you've got this new, you know, mental superpower on your side and it's through the adversity that, you know, you've really got that to lean, lean back into and, and know that, you know, whatever's ahead, uh, you know, you're coming from a, a position now of great strength through, through what you've already dealt with so you know what could go wrong you know like if it's all ahead of you and um roscoe you 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 said something before that may have come across as a bit of a Freudian slip but it was probably more on the money than than anything else that's been said in this podcast and that was coaching one another like mm. jd coached me a lot this year yep. i learned so much from him yeah just so much you know and you know we all struggled a bit with covid this year and you know all the all the doubts surrounding COVID and, and 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 our lifestyle back here in Australia, our professions, like all of that stuff. And I learned so much from JD and took so much strength from him. So um, 
So, yeah, it was the best yeah. Freudian slip I've ever heard in my life. Well, you know, and, and now you say that, you know, like when, when I was listening, you know, and, you know, this is a podcast, so it's it's audio, but we're obviously seeing each other and looking at each other through Zoom, so I can see your reaction. And, and when you held your chest there and when you could, you know, it, it, it wasn't made up, you know, I can see the tension you were articulating and talking about it and I can see how yeah. you were feeling. So, you know, I wasn't aware of what you were going through on a, such a regular basis with, with JD. I, I knew what JD's yeah. journey was all about and what he was going through, but not the level that you've just described. So, you know, for the for the listeners, it just puts such a an emphasis on, you know, your support network, you know, whether you're an elite level golfer and or a young golfer wanting to be elite or whether you're just an everyday golfer and going through some challenges, you know, the people around you and the support that you can get from the people around you at a professional level or if they're just friends and family, it's such a valuable situation to have and to be able to lean, not lean on, but lean into someone else to to help support and to be a sounding board and just to be that extra person there that understands what you're going through. Yeah. Yeah. Your your support team is is just everything. And that's another thing I've I've just gained so much respect for because, you know, guys like Jamie you know, my dad, my family, you know, they're there. I mean, they were there for me this entire time. I mean, Jamie, I mean, he literally was there the entire, I mean, he was there the day it happened. Mm-hmm. And really, I mean, we had a chat basically after every major or minor event, you know, throughout the entire journey, whether it be an appointment or me trying to hit golf balls again and just not working, I'm constantly giving him negative feedback. And it's just people like that, that get you through the, the bad days, you know, that's something that I just, you know, wish I would have uh, had a better understanding of early or in my life. And it's not like I'm perfected it because I still am affected just like everybody else. But, you know, if you can just really learn how to survive the bad days and not let them affect you, it's, it's like, okay, I'm having a horrible day right now. But just imagine if I can continue to push forward and just get through this. And then whenever the storm clears and things start to go better and, and you start to feel better, you can look back on that and be like, wow, I'm so happy that I chose to do that. And, you know, I can't tell you how many times I didn't feel like doing that. And then I would have a, a talk with Jamie and, you know, it's like, okay, you know, we still, we, we can still do this. We can still push forward. And it's just amazing the power that that can have. And then if you have like literally 20 or 30 of those just add up over the course of months where you're constantly having bad days and you constantly choose to push through it, then you have a situation where you're hitting golf balls for the first time and you're bawling like a little baby because you're just so happy and so overwhelmed. That feeling is just, it's so worth all of that pain. It's, 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 it was just so cool. And then I'm like, wow, so this is, this is really why I pushed through those days is for this moment, even though it's only 10 minutes, it's just, it's so worth it. So, uh, so that's something that hopefully sometime moving forward on the PGA tour, when you get your tour card and they sort of introduce you to the first tee, they have like the nickname, you know, like the wrestlers and the, and that sort of stuff. And <laughs> We've got like JD, little baby Hughes. I think that's, <laughs> I think that's perfect. But um, uh, no, that's right. That's right. Mate, I definitely did, didn't we, look we, my strongest at that point. No, no. You, you, 
Both you and I looked like we needed a uh, needed a Kleenex sponsorship at that point because we were going. Yeah, through but I was so I was so fine with it. It didn't. Yeah, that that that, that didn't bother me one bit. No, exactly, exactly. But mate, thank you so much for joining us today. You've, uh, as I said, you have taught me so much, and I learned so much from you this year. And and I'm really excited to continue to build and uh, get some tournament golf under our belt before Christmas, and then hit 2021, uh, you know, running. So. Um, You've been a legend. Absolutely. And, uh, it's been awesome, mate. No, thank you. Thank you so, so much, both of you, Jamie, especially you. Uh, just it's, it's just amazing to be able to experience this with you. And thank you for having me on the uh, on the podcast. I love doing this. This is a lot of fun. Beautiful. Our pleasure, mate. JD, thank you for letting me listen in and sharing that with uh, myself and all of the people around the world that will listen and get a lot of value out of hearing that story. It's great to see you again. It's great to see you up and about. And you as well, as always. Thank you. And um, for the listeners, please, if you've got any uh, feedback, if you, if you want to send JD a message, um, we'll put where you can contact JD and follow him and all of that sort of cool stuff because it's a great little community that we've got here at the Mental Mastery Golf Podcast. Also at the uh, Mental Mastery Facebook group, you can join us over there. That's a growing community. If you uh, tap into that at the moment, you'll see some additional reasons to join up and join us on that little uh, Facebook journey. It's a great way to contact us and communicate. So all of the ways that you can stay in touch with uh, Jamie and the great work that he does, and you've just heard a wonderful example. We love that you choose to join us and we do appreciate you. So until next time, on the Mental Mastery Golf Podcast, and uh, we'll see you. We'll see you soon. We'll speak to you soon, and uh, we'll try and do it more often. What do you reckon, Jamie? Sounds like a plan to me, Roscoe. Very good. Well, thanks again for joining us, and until next time, thank you. Thanks for listening to the Mental Mastery Golf Podcast by Dare to Dream. Make sure to subscribe to the podcast and head over to daretodream.com.au for exclusive access to the free video program, Eight Tips to an Unbreakable Mental Game. Join us next time on the Mental Mastery Golf Podcast.